Hello and welcome to episode 131 of the Startcast, Press Start Australia's weekly video game discussion podcast. I'm your host, Ewan Roxborough, and I'm joined today by my fellow gamers, James. Hello. And Brody. Hello. Uh, we're, we're back. We finally managed to do it. Hopefully we don't have any more technical difficulties today, right, James? Yeah. Sorry, everyone. Legit. What, what happened to your computer uh, last week? Windows sucks. That's all. I don't know. We recorded like... A really good episode, and then it decided to update, and it didn't tell me, and it gave me 15 seconds notice, but it didn't pop up, so yeah. It, by the Just time it happened, it was too late. <laughs> Rip. What a shame it was. And then we had a bunch of scheduling difficulties as well, but uh, here we are. We're sorry that we didn't get a podcast out to you last week, but uh, we've finally managed to do that. Um, James, whilst, we're, whilst we got you, you're here the rest of the podcast, I don't know why I said that, uh, you reviewed the remasters for Turok and Turok 2 Seeds of Evil. Yes. Um, games that aren't available in Australia yet, unfortunately, uh, which I all find a bit weird. Uh, but what can you tell us about those games? Um, I think they're really good. They're, um, they're, they are definitely, like, the first game especially is very of its time. Like, it kind of throws you in and says, hey, like, You've got to collect stuff, and that's it. Like, that's all they do. And most people would be like, oh, uh-huh. that's, like, kind of because they want it to be open. But I would think it was more because, you know, back in the day, they didn't really care much about story as much as, you know, just having a game to play through. Um, yeah. There's a whole bunch of games of that period that were all kind of similar, right? Yeah, like... Um, and actually, when did, when, when did this come out again? So, Turok, the first one came out in 97. Um, yeah, okay. And it was the first ever third-party game for 64. Right. Um... And because it was a, it's a first-person shooter, but I don't know if anybody played it on 64, but back in the day, there was obviously no dual analog situation. So you moved yeah. forward with a set of four buttons on the right-hand side of the controller called the C buttons, um, and you mm. used the analog stick to, like, steer. And it was really awful, and I remember putting up with it, um, and I kind of forgot how far we'd come in terms of, like, controlling controls and stuff with first-person shooters until I played mm. Turok. Um but that's not to say, you know, it's bad. Um, I think it's still... Mm-hmm. It holds up better than I thought it would for a game that's literally 20 years old now. Or 30? Yeah. 20 years old. Yeah. Um, yeah, geez, time has passed. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And the second game is good too. Um, the uh-huh. second game, I, I did some digging before my review and stuff just to kind of suss it out a bit because I didn't really know much about Brush the second game. Brush up on game. your facts. Yeah, like, but I don't know if you guys ever, you guys are probably, I don't know if I'm just showing my age now, but like, did you guys ever have a game at like a video shop that you could, you always wanted, but you never owned? Like you seem to rent it all the time, but for some reason I never bought it. I don't think I ever rented a game. Oh, okay. I rented <laughs> yeah. I rented movies, but never a <laughs> yeah. game. Yeah, you you too. Yeah, young. <laughs> no, that's fair enough. But Two Rock Two was that game for me. Like I just always rented it, but I never owned it, so I never made progress in it because whoever rented it after would clear your file. Do you know what I mean? That was just oh yeah, it was, yeah. It was it was an annoying first world problem of mine back when I was like twelve. <laughs> but um, it's it's really good still, and the people who worked on it actually moved on to work on the Metroid Prime games because they were all located in Texas and stuff. Right. Which I found really interesting, and you can definitely see, I guess, the DNA of those games in Turok yeah. 2, um, yeah. which has its fair share of issues still, obviously. Um, but still, still a pretty good game. Multiplayer is really fun too, because you're playing it on uh-huh. a console that can run it at more than like 10 FPS, and. Uh, <laughs> And, you know, it's just, it surprised me how fun the multiplayer is. Like, I only played it with three people instead of four, but pretty solid right. stuff. 
And any word when we're getting it in Australia yet? Like, no. is it, it's meant to be out. It's just not updated, like, I, on the I, store, right? Brody looked into this a little bit, I think, but um, it doesn't look like it's got a rating in Australia yet. Um, oh, okay. So, but apparently in Australia, you can, because it's on, they're both on Steam. Um, they were mm. on Steam as of late last year, I believe. And uh, I think the first one came out in, like, 2015 on Steam. Right. Like, ages ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, they've got, like, a rating with, like, a, there's, there's two different ratings processes that you can do in Australia, apparently. And this one mm. is the faster, cheaper way. Um, but Microsoft don't allow games onto their store um, if they're done through this faster, cheaper way. And right. I'm assuming the company who's handling it decided it's not worth it for Australia. Yeah. Which, is, which is really frustrating because, like, I I genuinely think these are really solid remasters. Um, I didn't realise how great they were until I went back and tried a 64 version. Um, mm. They've done really good work and I really wish it's Night Dive Studios, they're called. Um, they mm. get more recognition for it. And I think Turok was a classic here too. Like, I feel like a lot of Australian people loved a new Turok. Mm. Yeah, there was a there was a remake in like the early not a remake but like a kind of a Disney a reboot in yeah. like the early PS3. Disney Xbox did a reboot in two thousand and eight because Disney bought yeah. something and Touchstone game something to be Touchstone Pictures or something, um, and it wasn't that good. <laughs> I think no, it was a very I remember like, liking the idea of it. Yeah. But- yeah, yeah, not being received well. I just think, like, it's just so bizarre. Like, the two big dinosaur games, Turok and Dino Crisis, neither of them have really yeah. made a comeback this this year, last year. Because I feel like since Jurassic World, dinosaurs are kind of back in again. Um, arcs, yeah, and there's, like, there's like a new kind of Pokemon Go-style kind of game that I thought saw Shannon writing about uh, today or yesterday as well. Yeah, about- like... Dinosaurs are dinosaurs. cool again. Like, yeah. I, I don't think they ever were not cool, but yeah, um, maybe it's just too expensive to kind of build the animations for dinosaurs, <laughs> but mm. I don't know. It's just, yeah, I wish that they would kind of bring it back properly, but we'll see. Mm. Yeah, bring back the dinosaurs, I'd say. Uh, but Brody, you've been tweeting a lot about The Breach. Is that your current jam? Uh, into The Breach. Into The Breach, sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is. It's, it's very, very cool. It's like the only game that... I think I've probably ever played on my computer. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, like I'm not really a big PC gamer, but uh-huh. this game sort of just jumped out at me. Um, do you know the dudes who did like? Have you heard of a game called FTL? Yes. Yeah, it's the same dudes who did that. Okay. And basically, it's how to explain it. It's sort of like imagine Pacific Rim. Uh huh. Like meets chess. Okay. All right. It's, it's like a it's like a turn based sort of strategy game, like on like a grid with kaiju's. With kaijus. Okay. Yeah, so you I fight like sort of like interstellar, interdimensional sort of aliens, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and so like does, use... it, does it work kind of Sorry. like in the way XCOM did? Like that kind of yeah, top-down so, sort of tactical sort of style? It's, it's, I think it's more isometric. But yeah, yeah so you sort I, of... Yeah. yeah, and you... um, Yeah, so you pick a team of like three mechs. Uh, it, like you'll have like one that's like a ground assault one. You'll have like a defense mech possibly. There's a bunch of different teams you can use and like you can mix and match. Uh-huh. And then yeah, you are uh, you go like f- there's like four islands in the game, and you go like island to island, uh, and secure the islands, and then you reach the end game, uh, and like if you lose all like, yeah, you've got like a power grid, sure, uh, and if you lo- lose all your power, like you game over essentially, okay, and when you game over, uh, you assuming you've got someone still alive on your team, one of you max, uh-huh. you get to pick that person to be a time traveler to go into the next timeline to try and save that timeline. Oh, neat. 
Yeah, like it's really cool. Like I just I so get you can sort like whole... save one member of your squad kind of each time, yeah. like keep the progress if, of one character. Yeah, if you if you if you if you try to keep, well, you you, you can potentially just lose everyone as oh, I've done okay. countless times. I've 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 I'm I've played it a lot and I'm yet to actually finish a timeline. <laughs> I'm so bad at it. I'm trying to get better, but like yeah, it's it's super good, super interesting, and it's it's pretty cheap. I think it's only about fifteen bucks. Okay. But yeah, it's, it's really good, so I really suggest people play that. Yeah, well, a couple of games to look out for there if you've uh, not already stuck on stuck on a game yourself. I'm stuck into Fortnite, so I don't know if I'm going to willingly make time for any other did game you, uh, except for Far Cry. Did, did you hear the rumor that apparently Fortnite is rumored of coming to Switch? I hope so. That would be amazing. I mean, it makes think, so much sense for them to bring it over to Switch, and I reckon they could get yeah. it running reasonably decently on the Switch I as think well. the sources yeah. were a bit flaky, though. Oh James, please! Oh, <laughs> Don't take this away from us. Um, I, I would. I think it should. I think it's a great fit. Um, uh-huh. but I just don't like giving legitimacy to this particular. First person they were Twitter. teasing with. <laughs> first they were teasing with Diablo. Now this. Yeah, I'm sure it will happen eventually. They'd have to be crazy not to. Yeah, that's right. Do, do we have a Switch money. Direct coming up pretty soon as well? Tomorrow. Tonight, I believe. Tomorrow. Oh, yeah, tomorrow. It won't be there. Yeah, so actually, probably by the time this podcast is out, it may well have happened. Yeah. We'll find out. For sure. We shall find out. Uh, but let's get stuck into the news this week. We're going to be talking a bit about Far Cry, which I just mentioned there. A bit about Call of Duty 2, eSports some more, uh, and talking a little bit more Nintendo as well. But first, let's chat about God of War getting its own PS4 Pro model. Uh, the man himself, Kratos, seems to be getting his own special edition. It's silver and features details from God of War skill tree and Kratos's Leviathan Axe. There's also a special edition DualShock 4 coming in the same silver with the Holdra Brothers. Holdra? Am I pronouncing that? Holdra Brothers brand? Ending on it as it'll well as a as a subtle <laughs> God of War logo on the touchpad. Uh, it'll release alongside the game on April twentieth. But here's the catch: it sets gamers back six hundred and fifty nine dollars. Uh, although that does include a copy of the game. Uh, Brody, do you think that's a fair price? Six hundred and fifty nine dollars for a PS4 Pro. Well, if you, if you take off the potentially $100 retail price for the game, mm. then I suppose it's only 550 which is that about the retail price? I think it is. I suppose so. $100, Does, $100 James, for James a game? Are people paying $100 for a game nowadays? Well, eBay ask $100 for a game, so... Yeah, I suppose. But I, don't know, I feel like Target um, and stuff... Per- personally, I, I, think it, I think it's a bit much, but I also have no interest in owning any sort of God of War... Uh, paraphernalia beyond the game, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, think- I mean, I'm I'm very keen on God of War, and I don't have a PS4 Pro, but I can't afford six hundred and sixty dollars. What are you thinking, yeah. James? I think it's hideous, but <laughs> <laughs> it's so ugly. The console itself—it looks like a, I can't believe a kid like I think Shannon it twice. <laughs> I thought yeah. it looked kind of good. I think Shannon I need to look wrote this. I'm pull a picture up. Hang on. I think Shannon wrote this, and he said that the uh, the God of War logo on the touchpad was subtle. I, I would argue that so much. Do you know much. what? I, like, just quickly, like, this is a little bit off topic, but it's not. Um, I'm, I don't know why Sony like do these controllers and then they stamp the fuck the damn logo on the middle of the controller. <laughs> Self-censored. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I hate how they do that. Like they like, did the same with the Destiny one. Instantly more tacky. Um. Yeah, I would yeah. rather I'd rather it not sort of be so identifiable. Like I, I mean, I like geeky stuff as much as anyone else, but I love it when it's kind of subtle enough that only fans of it will kind of get it. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. like for example, like, my brother and I have a couple of Last of Us t-shirts that's just the Firefly logo, sort of like on, on the print. There you go. And I like that. If you know the game, you'll know the shirt. Yeah. I think um, in terms yeah. of the pricing, like six fifty nine ninety five, it is retail. Like that's pretty much a pro plus sure. God of War. 
Um, if you were to buy those items separately, yeah. it would cost you the same, but you wouldn't have a special edition console. Um, that's okay. kind of how I look at it. Um, but I think even just knocking the game down by 20 bucks would be nice or something, you know? Um, yeah. Because Nintendo did a similar or thing. Or, like, including with... all DLC or something, like, include a special edition of the game. Yeah. Right? Um, Nintendo did a similar thing with Mario, like, the red, the red Joy-Con Switch. That was uh-huh. basically the same price as if you were to buy a Switch and Mario together. It's just yeah. you're really getting... You're basically getting the special design for free. Um, mm. I, I f- so... Oh, yeah? I was a, sorry, I was say, can you buy the console without the game? No. <laughs> no, really. I mean, you could no. trade it in on the spot, but you'd get not not what it's yeah. worth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, but, you, but you also can't price match the game like, well, to no, change no, the price of the pack, Because yeah. it's a bundle. This is all yeah. a bundle. Like, you can't really... It'll come yeah. in the same box, I would have thought. Yeah. yeah. Um, and these special edition consoles never get put on cheaper anywhere. Like, I'm assuming they're literally, you know, they cut even in terms of profit and stuff. Um mm. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a God of War Day One edition included. I, although I can't imagine that's so that's got like any from different content from four extra shields and a slipcase. Right. Okay. Yeah. Oh, cool. So, yeah, not a huge amount. Um, okay, I'm looking at the console now. I reckon it actually looks pretty decent. The skill tree is a weird inclusion. I don't like the sort of like big curved, bland bit. I feel like that should have been filled with something. <laughs> Uh, maybe maybe I don't like this. Maybe side. like maybe when you they should know what they should do when your PS4 gets hot enough, it should change like a heat mug. Oh, ooh, that's cool. <laughs> that, nah, that won't happen. I don't know. I I feel like there was like a weird Russian retailer that put up a black PS4 with just the Omega logo on it. That was just like subtle and nice. Um, mm. I'm one of those people though. My the colors are, are really nice. Though. Are like hidden in my cabinet. I never see them. Um, oh so, really? Okay. Yeah. Mine are sort of like all out on show. I've, I've, I've only ever got one limited edition console, which is my Xbox One. I've got the Halo 5 version, which I think looks pretty decent. Do you know what they I should just, do? Just quickly. Because uh-huh. these all these consoles come with like a nice design or whatever, they should include a stand. Like That would maybe sweeten the deal a bit so you can display yeah. your console. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I love that yeah. there are people out there that collect like limited edition consoles. There are. Like, well. I don't get that either. But No. How much, but what hey, do they do? How do they have so much money? <laughs> There's people that collect shoes. Well, like Xbox That's one That's controllers. Oh, yeah. And pay hundreds of dollars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, shoes can be just as expensive as consoles. Uh, anyhow, let's uh, jump on to the next one. Uh, Far Cry Arcade is an ambitious and exciting prospect, writes, writes Brody. He very nicely put together the agenda for today's episode uh, that I'm just kind of reading on the fly. Uh, during the week, thanks to the kind folks at Ubisoft, Tony... Uh, Toby. <laughs> sorry, Toby. <laughs> Good old Tony. I've had a Tony long uh, Toby was lucky enough to fly to Paris to go hands-on with Far Cry 5. Uh, one of the more interesting revelations during the event uh, was that there was the arcade mode, which is essentially deep and multifaceted map editor that allow users to create their own crazy game types while borrowing from a range of Ubisoft properties. So it's not just limited to Far Cry. Uh, Toby has a few fantastic write-ups on the site of uh, Far Cry 5 in general, so head over and check those out. Uh, Brody, I think you're, you're the same as me in that you're pretty excited for Far Cry 5, right? No. Oh, you're no, not? No, no, no. Is anyone excited <laughs> for Far Cry 5 besides um, me? Yeah, I was kind of, I think. I'm not, ex- okay, good. not like, excited. I'm looking for someone but... to play co-op with. Uh, okay. I wouldn't call myself a fan. Well, does the arcade mode do anything for you then, Brody? It probably like, does with... more for me than the, uh, than the game itself, like, there's, than, like, the story does, I guess, but, um. Nah. Because I, because I saw some of the, um. 
the things that people have been making with it and they're pretty it's pretty interesting i'm like i'm curious to see like what you can actually do with it yeah even just like the images they've sort of released alongside of it i was like whoa this looks insane yeah like i didn't actually know it was a map editor until i was putting this together Mm. And I was like, well, there you go. Yeah, I know. I was reading about that the other day. Uh, but James, you seemed pretty incensed that he would rather play this arcade mode than this story. I assume you're pretty keen to jump into Far Cry's story. Yeah. Oh, yes. I, I'm just keen. Like, I love, like, culty kind of things. Um, so I'm keen to uh-huh. see where if that element is going to be there. Um, I, I'm i keen on culty kind of things. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> That's you know quite a I mean. statement. <laughs> oh, well, I'm put a that, Silent Hill fan, shirt. you know. Um, yeah. but okay. I think with Far Cry Arcade, like, I can't help but think that if Watch Dogs was coming out on March 27th, you know, Watch Dogs 3, that Ubisoft would have just shoved that into that game. Um, the way that I see this is, is them trying to kind of turn Far Cry 5 into a games as a service without kind of ruining the single player. Yeah. If that makes sense. Um, yeah. and obviously I've kind of just contradicted myself, but Far Cry's always had a map editor from what I understand. I can't remember if four had one, but I know one. And oh, I know two definitely did. One and two did. Um, and it, like it's good because it's kind of like people have to kind of come to this realization that not every if you're going to chuck a multiplayer mode into your game, not everybody's going to play it. Like you can't just yeah. expect people. Whereas this yeah. is it like it has the potential to I guess live on. Like they can add, you know, a new Ubisoft game comes at end of this year. They can add all these items and shit to Far Cry Arcade. Um, yeah. But then I just think about stuff like Doom Snap Map and stuff, and like why, like th- these things just don't yeah. really take off as much yeah. as they should. Um, the only game I can think that it's worked in is maybe like Halo sort of Forge or yeah, Little Forge. Big Planet sort of maps as well. They were pretty successful too. I th- I think what will really make or break this is whether or not they kind of section it off based on consoles and stuff. Um, mm. It would be great if I could create something on my Xbox and then play it on my, like, give someone a code and they can put it on their PS4 version and play it. Um, yeah. But then Surely I guess... Surely they're going to have to do that. There's going to be... Yeah. It's an interesting idea. Um, uh-huh. It's a... I don't know. I just... I Personally, it does not excite me. I'd rather just play Far Cry 5. Yeah. I'm... I, yeah, because, like, I've only... I've played two uh, bits of three and then four... Um, but I don't think I ever jumped into, like, any multiplayer aspect of it, besides co-op, obviously, but, like, I don't even know, like, what do you do on these maps? Like, are they the kind of arenas that 4 had in-game, or, like... Well, I think with Arcade, that's the idea, is, like, this is a more, kind of, robust, you can create a single-player mission, you can create a horde mode, you can create... Oh, okay, right. Ubisoft Inception, kind of-esque moments, um... Yeah, which is which is like a cool idea, but like I said, I just don't, I don't see this. It's kind of like modding, but they because it's so controlled, it almost defeats the purpose of modding. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. Are we going to be able to fight off a horde of undead raving rabbits, though? That's. I mean, what I want to know. That would be great, and <laughs> yeah, they should do that. Yeah, for sure. It'd be interesting to see what they do with Far Cry, though. I think it's like such a under underappreciated sort of franchise i think they do really i feel like it sells quite a bit like does it there's there's six it's only underappreciated by me there's six of them (laughs) ewan like yeah yeah i I get that i get that but i just don't feel like they ever sort of receive enough like as much buzz as i feel like they deserve 
I don't know. We'll maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong about that. I, I think know people, Primal, I know like, people that aren't huge gamers are really excited for it. So yeah. maybe that's telling. I think Primal Hurt like kind of burnt a bit a few people. Um, mm. it was like a budget game at a full price. Um, yeah. Whereas this is actually you know actually a Far Cry Five if that makes yeah. sense. So. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be yeah. interesting to see if they can sort of turn it into a bit of a platform and, and keep that interest going long term. Well, they did a good uh, job with Origins, I reckon. So they're, I think Ubisoft, of all the big publishers, are kind of on the right track. Yeah. Like, they're yeah. still a bit but they're kind of aware of it and trying to not be... <laughs> you know, like... I know what you mean, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to be... I, like, Ubisoft's my favourite big publisher right now. It's probably the easiest way to say it. So you would prefer them over Activision? Um. Yeah, I would. Speaking but, of Activision, speaking they of- release a game called Call of Duty Black Ops, uh, or the Call of Duty, I should say. Uh, although it looks like Call of Duty Black Ops 4 is going to be the next Call of Duty. Uh, though it still isn't confirmed, we're going to be seeing a new Black Ops game this year, uh, we assume. Hang on. do we? Is this, this is not confirmed. How sure are we? I, I don't think it's confirmed yet. It I is, think they're announcing it next month. Nothing's it's like right. 100% confirmed. Um, yeah, it's the but, likely outcome according to industry insiders, and a lot of leaks have been trickling out. That's that's where we're at, right? I think, like, merchandise yeah. has appeared in GameStop. Yeah, on yeah. Amazon, I think. That's and that's what kind I saw. of I saw some dude wearing a hat. Yeah. Yeah. Some guy wearing a hat. I think he was an NBA player, but I wouldn't... James Harden. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. got the same name. That's the start. <laughs> I know NBA is <laughs> basketball, and that's about... It is basketball, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. okay, cool. Major League Basketball. Oh, MLB? <laughs> no, that's baseball. <laughs> oh, James. Okay. The problem is too many sports start with the letter B. It's confusing. The strangest of which uh, of this decision, though, is that uh, they're not opting for the traditional Roman numeral from from being four, like being IV, but instead they're going with four I's. Um, and James, I saw you tweeting. I don't know if you were tweeting indirectly about this, but you were, you were complaining that people like just don't know how Roman numerals works, right? Yeah, people don't. I don't think people do anymore. Do they even teach it in school still? I don't. I didn't get taught it at school. Like people who used to, but then like you had. It's just so funny because like when um I first started at EB years years ago, uh-huh. um we had um people would ask for the the Wii two, but then they would ask for GDA V. Do you know what I mean? Like people just. I think people get Roman numerals and stuff confused, so. It's not that hard, though, is it? I mean, I can understand. Like, I reckon once you push past a hundred, I don't miss it. Roman numerals get a bit, a bit confusing, but not below ten. Definitely not below ten. Are you excited for a new Black Ops game, there, Brody? Um, I don't know. I mean, after I know they're made by different developers, but after mm. playing like WW two, I just don't think i have the energy to go back to well uh, we don't know what black ops 4 would entail but you assume it would carry on the same sort of basketball future yeah (laughs) the the, a basketball shooter yeah um i assume it's going to carry on the same sort of like mind that like the rest of the series has sort of had Mm. which i do and don't like but i don't know i'm not prepared to jump back into like real high tech jetpack sort of wall running crap like i've had my fill of that yeah yeah so if they could maybe set it during a different period make it some sort of prequel or maybe just like alternate history thing then they might have me i don't know somewhat interested but i think i'm a bit black ops to out yeah i think they've gotten progressively worse like the first black ops was great like the even the even the second was really good i thought but then the third with yeah, um is, not... it, is it chris maloney or whatever his name is from law and order or whatever whoever it is i don't, I don't know i don't think i played the third black ops oh yeah, yeah. he is in that i, don't, I haven't played the yeah. third, i know he's in that yeah yeah like that one was just 
Like it was so. Someone told me strange. the story was yeah really odd. Um, yeah, like Kojima odd, like just weird. <laughs> so um, yeah, I don't know. Mm. I, you didn't just, like World War II though, no? <laughs> Did you just call I it II? Yeah, I, I was just playing. I was a throwback to the. <laughs> to, oh, is that what you were referring to? Yes. Oh, I thought you were talking about. I was thinking there wasn't the second Wii. Was the Wii U? I didn't get yeah, it. Yeah, that's okay. That yeah. makes sense. Oh. Yeah. Um, to, to My answer brain question, works no, slowly I, sometimes. I, I I did like WW two. I uh, I liked it quite a lot. Actually, okay. I thought it was the best COD in years. Yeah, I seem to remember you saying this, but it's just kind of like yeah. filled your your COD. Yeah, and I mean, now. and hearing that um, like Battlefield's going back to that same sort of mm. uh sort of you know era as well. Yeah, I guess. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's a good thing that they're not gonna just do the same thing again. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But I feel like we've got enough of futuristic shooters. Like, you've got Titanfall and things like that, but obviously Titanfall was a while ago now. But yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So it's the, we've got Battlefield and Call of Duty obviously going head-to-head again at the end of this year, but do we know what sort of other shooters are going to be coming out? I don't know if they're... Perfect one. Dark. I'm hoping. Perfect Dark? <laughs> no. I don't know. Ooh. I'm just wishful thinking. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Mm. Well, prob- they're, the, they're the two you can rely on, obviously, but yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't think much has been announced. How do you think, like, if Metroid was to come out sort of the end of this year, which I think is unlikely, but if it was, how do you think it would be able to, like, stack up against... They're not even... Com- is it different? You can't even compare them. <laughs> Sorry, I just yeah, realized... Metroid's almost like more of an adventure game. I must game sound even. really annoyed in my voice. We but... don't know what Metroid 4 is going to be, though. <laughs> nah, it's not going to be like COD. If it's like COD, I'll throw myself in front of a bus. But it's not... <laughs> It's we don't we don't know for sure that it's going to be like a, Ewan, like a it's Metroid. It's not going to be a shooter. It'll be <laughs> classic Metroid Prime. It's going to. That's all there is to it. It's going to be a first-person adventure game, and I don't know. I just feel you think like it's going to be first-person though. Oh uh, yeah, I'd be actually. That's a good point. Who knows? Um, I See, d- I feel like if it's first-person, it's starting to weigh like more towards my argument. But the first three were first-person. Yeah, they've all been first-person so far. <laughs> All the primes. Oh, the primes, of that's course. What sa- that's what when I'm you saying. add prime, like, prime it, to me is first person. But this yeah. was like when Metroid Prime One was coming out, and people called it the Halo Killer. But then they're just two completely different games. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I was a bit triggered by that comment, you and but, <laughs> um, yeah. but yeah, my. Uh, yeah, my Metroid knowledge is not as uh, yes, superior as you yours. Show it. So I, I, I found a copy yeah. of Metroid Prime today while I was packing. Look at you. See, yeah. you're just great and you don't even know it. I've, I've never even played it. <laughs> oh, well, that must mean I've got a GameCube you somewhere. You must have no way. Do you have a way? <laughs> how, do you, how do you not know no. if you have a GameCube or not? Oh, I do have a way. Maybe. I do have a way because I found that the other day too. Well, I was like, it's in the box. There you store. go. You're how did you not know you had a Wii? I knew I had one at some didn't point. Didn't everybody I didn't have a Wii? Isn't right, that okay. why it was so yeah, everyone, popular? Everyone I used to have a, a Commodore 64 too, but I don't know where that oh, one. Don't worry about that. Oh. You can leave that wherever it is. No, no you got to you got to hold on to Commodore these things. Mini. It's, it's part of your collection. Don't don't let things go. Don't trade in your consoles, yeah, people. Be, Hang on, be to a them. hoarder. Yeah, be a hoarder. Exactly. Embrace it. Uh, James, I was, you're obviously very knowledgeable on games, right? And far more knowledgeable than me. You are. You are. Far more knowledgeable than me. No one. This. I'm still caught up on this whole, like, four eyes thing, because it just kind of bothers me. Okay. Is this the strangest instant of branding that you think you've seen in games? No. Like, having sort of worked in retail as well? No? no. Okay, you've seen something weirder? What's, I've written... What's the weirdest Kingdom thing in Kingdom Hearts. Have you guys seen Kingdom Hearts 2.8? It's, um... 
It's so oh it's, yeah okay you it, just added it to the yeah, dock. It's stylized <laughs> as Kingdom Hearts and then Roman numerals two and then point and then normal eight and it's like it's just Ugh. anything Square Enix is um you know their pretentious naming schemes they t- they take the cake all the time. Um, that's that's eleven point eight to me. That's not nah. It's Kingdom Hearts <laughs> two point eight. That's how it's pronounced. So like because it's the first, it's I'm, the last. I wouldn't. It's the yeah. last bridge between Kingdom Hearts two point five two and two point five <laughs> Kingdom Hearts three. Where's Jake? He can explain it a bit better. Oh uh, yeah, I know we do need Jake for Kingdom Hearts. I'm no a big fan of it. any game that tries to jam like a numeral in the title. Oh, oh yeah, okay. Like, you know, like, like, um, like Fear Three. Like, oh, yeah. no, that's a <laughs> they had like they had like the one. E was the three, yeah. um, and like Driver. I feel like Driver that's such a like well. such a millennial sort of thing to do. Like as soon as the twenty first century clocked over, like let's start adding letters as numbers. Like I, mean, numbers I legit refuse to like write half these titles. Like even like Battlefield One really upset me for some reason. Yeah, that upset me actually too. Um, especially now one. that the next one's rumored to be like Battlefield 5 so but at least that's written on? like Xbox One yeah, it's, it's like, just the, it's the third Xbox numerals. that's the confusion that I've heard yeah before. but it's, but it's yeah. the one place to be yeah yeah it was like an all in one really. system I wish it, was. it wasn't the worst thing Xbox did announcing that console <laughs> um, let's be honest <laughs> but yeah no, nah, it's um yeah letters as numbers are pretty awful they hurt me that is that is and watch secrets. watch underscore dogs. Mortal Kombat X was my favorite. Ooh, good point. Like, because that could be X or ten. Do you know what I mean? But it mm. was. I don't even it know was, why they said it was an X, not ten. But I don't know. It, I liked that. It always really bothered me as well with the capitalization in Infamous because it was like it was stylized as a lowercase I and oh, yeah. capital F A M O U S. I was like, why? Why do this? Why make it complicated? It bothers me as well that PlayStation is intercapped too. Just it's one word. And what about what about uh like the reboot of like Devil May Cry like capital D lowercase M capital C? Yeah, <laughs> that, that upsets game, me too. That's that's edgy, and that's <laughs> so much edge. When you're writing about video games all day, it makes it makes it hard. Uh, yeah, it sounds like we're just yeah. Oof. I know, just up and out pedals. <laughs> to be honest though, uh, when you talk about that game online, you know which one someone's talking about based on how they capitalize it. So I guess that's kind of successful. Oh, that was their plan all along. Oh, we haven't talked about Resident Evil 7, Biohazard. Oh. Oh. How the V-I-I was in Evil. That was pretty cool, though. That is cool. That's clever because it, like, works both ways. Like... That's a visual thing, though. Yeah. That's just not naming. Yeah. Because it was Resident Evil 7. Like, they didn't... They didn't shy away from that. It was just, like, the way they sort of stylized it on the the art, right? I think that's Good point. Mm. Good point. You know what else is pretty cool? Esports. And esports might be coming to the Olympics. During the week, hosts on the Today Show, which is, so I'm sure, our favorite show. Yeah. Uh, I didn't actually cop- catch the segment. I might see if I can find it on YouTube. Uh, they debated the topic of whether or not video games and esports deserved a place at the Olympics. It was a civil discussion for the most part, though the attitude towards professional gamers and gamers in general was rather disparaging. Surprise, surprise. Now, it's a very divisive topic. I don't think amongst us. Uh, even gamers who consider themselves hardcore are at odds over the matter. Yeah, is that? I'm, t- I'm reading. I'm reading. Who has ever words these? Brody, did you write these or have you copied these over from Shannon? Am I reading Shannon's words? Uh, it's part mine, part Shannon's. Okay, all right. Uh, so, what do you guys think? Do you think esports belong at the Olympics, or should they sort of be given their own forum, their own sort of space? Do you think? No to the Olympics. No to the Olympics. Okay. What's your reasoning for no. that? Olympics is I don't know. 
I, I, I sort of, it's it's like, like it's athletics. Did you watch curling during the uh, Winter Olympics? And that takes some sort of physical. Aren't you like running and across ice? No, you're kind of sliding. Oh. I'd say it's more. Sliding. You're still doing something physical. You're sweeping. You're That's, sweeping you, something. They do sweep pretty fast. You're like engaging mate, your muscles, mate. If I had a choice about what sports I could cut from the Olympics, uh-huh. curling would definitely go. Oh and no, Winter no, Olympics? you can't say that, dude. Curling is the best. What man. about? A, Isn't that Winter Olympics? Dress? Who cares about the Winter what about Olympics? Massage. Dressage. Yeah. I don't even what's dressage. All right, but th- this is this is this is not the point. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, no, I don't. I don't think so. Like it probably will one day. Okay. It really wouldn't. So is it me, like the physical aspect of it? There's just not enough physicality to esports. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I I find it really hard to like verbalize my reasoning. Mm. But um, I guess so. Like I just say like when I think of the Olympics, I think you know like Usain Bolt like sprinting. Like a hundred meters in like eight seconds or something, uh-huh. and then and then I just picture someone like getting a team kill, oh not a team kill, like getting like a, a team wipe or something like that in Counter Strike, and then going yeah f- you, f-. and I'm like it's not the same thing. It's so strange that those two things could be at the same event in my mind. Like gamers are at their core toxic. I don't think esports is though. Like I mean, esports oh, adheres to I, a I've, code. Like they can't be overly derogatory during... I'll be honest, I've never watched esports. Right, I but... encourage you to watch um some of the Overwatch League. I've started watching that and I've really I don't I mean I've not really watched esports prior to that as well. I just tuned in here and there. Um but I've been rooting for the the London Spitfires and Overwatch League. Um just because they were the only British team and sadly there isn't an Australian team in it yet. Um but uh it's been fun. Like they've done a really good job of it, and I've really en- enjoyed watching it. And I think the commentary has been quite good at sort of explaining stuff as well. Um, but what do you think, James? Do you think like a game like Overwatch could one day be seen on an Olympic stage? Mm. Would you this, want it to be? This is not like I don't watch the Olympics anyway. Um, right. Okay. Well, there's a point. I don't know. Maybe that would bring more people in to watch the Olympics, but then other people. See, this is I'm just out of my depth here because I don't watch anything. <laughs> so yeah. um I don't really watch sport and I I don't watch esports stuff because I'd I'd prefer to spend that time playing something, I guess. Um uh-huh. I, I just think, you know, everything has their I, I can't even like I'm like Brody, I just can't verbalise my thoughts correctly for some reason. Um <laughs> I just We're recording these podcasts later and later at night as well, by the way. <laughs> Well, it's only six o'clock for me, but yeah. Um, oh yeah, it's, your birthday. I don't know. I just think that I feel like Olympics has this kind of physical sense to it, like Brody was saying, and it doesn't really make sense to me to mix them. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, just, I still don't know how I feel about that argument. I get that argument, and then like but, um, uh, I think about golf, and it's like, well, golf is really just a game of skill. Like, there's not a huge amount of physicality with it. And, like, how different is that from video games, really? Like, it's just kind of coming I down guess. to skill. And there's still some physicality of, you know, working controllers quickly. Like, that that takes hand-eye coordination skills. Reaction timing is obviously a big thing that esports uh, professionals kind of work on as well. So, mm. I don't... Yeah, like, I, I'm sort of... I guess I'm... I guess I am sort of divided on it. I'm not really sure. I think some sort of games lend themselves to it better than others as well. But... I, I don't I know, man. Think, I'm just like, go for it. Inclu- include it in the Olympics. Would you say it's harder to be physically fit compared to being good at a video game? Um, like, I like bro, yes. for, as an example, like somebody like Usain Bolt, 
a bolt, and then <laughs> oh my god, slurring my speech, and not even yeah. Um, so I'd like using bolt compared to say like the top Overwatch player or something. Would you say who has put in the Who's most gotten... effort there? I don't know if this is controversial to say or not. I I don't know, man. You, I don't. I mean, you would, you would have, have to, to th- add up have like. To think. I was going to say, Usain Bolt's probably trained every year of his life since he was since he could run. Yeah. I don't know about so, every year of his life. Like, he would have gotten very serious about his training at one point, but then so have professional esports players. And if you added up, like, the amount of hours they've spent, you know, playing the one game and they train just like athletes do, like... I know what you mean. Like, I see what you're I know, saying. Like, if you added up all I the just... time that he puts into the gym compared to how much these guys put in in front of their computer, maybe there's... Maybe because I'm parallel. I'm don't, not physical at all. So, <laughs> to me, that seems less attainable. So, to me, that seems like more effort. But, mm. I don't know. Hmm. Brody, if you were to have pick of, like, just any game, left field game to include the Olympics, what would it be? Uh... Well, hmm. Burnout 3 Crash Mode. <laughs> I was going to say, I'd love for them to play, like, the Mario and Sonic Olympic games, just alongside the Olympics. Ooh, like, if they just, like, like meta, isn't it? Whenever they, yeah, yeah. Like, whenever there's, like, a bit of delay in proceedings or whatever, like, the day's been rained off, just, like, cut to a room full of people. Just, like, I, no, I just want something casual. Like, not even, like, professional esports players. Just, you know, a bunch of people hanging out playing Do, uh, do they Mario rain Sonic off the Olympics? Olympics? Do, would they what? Do they rain off the Olympics? Uh, I know some of the Winter Olympics events got postponed because of high winds. So that's yeah, possible, right. but if you're doing aerials and stuff in the air, you wouldn't. You don't want to do that in the wind. They, some of them tried, Absolutely. and there were some nasty crashes, but they were kind of entertaining. Uh, speaking of entertaining, hopefully the Nintendo Switch <laughs> is getting a bunch of entertaining games this year. Uh, Brody, you've uh, oh, which you've been putting these articles together? Has you been Brody, right? You've been putting together some of our most anticipated games of. Uh, I've done a couple. Yeah, you've done, I've done a, couple. a couple. Done a couple. You devil. Uh, you put together one about the Nintendo Switch. I'm going to remind myself what games you had on there. Uh, but James, why don't you kick us off? What what sort of Nintendo games are you most excited to see this year? I can think of one. Um, oh, you, what, what are you... Th- I don't know. I don't really know. Oh, I, was I, going back to, I was going back to Metroid. If Metroid came out... Oh, yeah. I just don't feel it. like that's happening this year. So that's no, why I'm trying not to get excited about it. Mm. Um, mm, I don't know. It's it's a bit... I find it's a bit of a weird situation with me because I bought a Wii U and bought everything on the Wii U. Okay. Um, and I acknowledge So none that of the remasters or re-releases interest you? Not really. Um, I acknowledge that though I'm literally like not... I'm in the very small minority there, so I understand what Nintendo's doing. Um, uh-huh. But the only original game for like the first half of the year that is Kirby and Mario Tennis, and I hate tennis, so Kirby's the only one so far. Um, okay. So, yeah. I mean, Metroid, I'd be so happy if Metroid came out this year. Like, that would be 100% my most anticipated um, right, even Bayonetta, but I don't think that's happening either because we've already mm. had Bayonetta this year. So um, if like if it's just tennis then and Kirby that sort of come out in the first half of this year, like how are you f- sort of feeling in terms of the justification of owning a Switch? Like, do you feel that like that Zelda and Mario sort of have been enough, and obviously the other games that come out too? Like, do you still feel like your your purchase is you can still sort of rationalize it at this stage? Um. I'm, I don't know, I'm, I think I'm a bit different to most people who buy stuff because I just buy stuff without really thinking about whether or not I can afford it. Um, right, okay. I feel like a lot of people do that, don't worry. Which can get me in a bit of trouble, but um, 
I was never not going to buy a Switch. Do you know what I mean? Like, I would never, sure. I, I never thought about it that way. Like, I was definitely getting one. Like, if Sony announced PS5 next week, I'd be getting one on the day. Like, I just don't like missing out. Um, yeah. The FOMO is real. <laughs> and um, I just, I don't know. I, I think, like, have been a, being able to play Zelda on a console that I can take anywhere has been, like, fantastic, especially towards the end of the year where I was traveling quite a bit. Um, yeah. Just for work or just for family stuff. Um, mm. And that alone has kind of sold itself to me. Um, I did a lot of flying late last year as well. Um, being able to just play Mario, you know, while I'm out and about mm. is something I couldn't have done if, say, I just stuck with the Wii U. Do you know what I mean? So, to me, the Switch sure. has definitely justified itself. Um, but as I said earlier, I'm getting very a little bit weary of these ports, which I totally understand from a business perspective. Yeah. Um, but... I just want something new to play. Sure. I know uh, Shannon will be very excited for Mario Tennis Aces, but Brody, what are you excited for? Uh, I too am also kind of low-key excited for Mario Tennis Aces. Okay. I, th- I think they've just leaked that... Uh, I think it was meant to come out tomorrow for the uh, in the Direct, but I think they've just said that the release date might be in June. Mm. So that's that's kind of cool. That's not too far away. And the, and the screens of it look really nice, so... Yeah, I'm a big top. I'm a big top spin guy. I've never played a, a Mario tennis game. I can't say I've personally. ever really played that. Outside of like Wii, uh, Wii Sports tennis, I've not really played that oh, much tennis. Man, I, I got deep into top spin too. The Mario was in that game. The Mario ones are cool though because they've got like a story mode with you know bosses and there's there's a bit more oh, to really? them. It's not just multiplayer. Okay, that's cool. which is great. Um, aside from that though, know. like, um, sorry, go on, Jim. No, I just said that's great. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> there was an upward inflection. I thought you were going to keep oh, going. Oh, sorry. Um, so beyond that, I'm, I'm sort of looking forward to like Donkey Kong Country because I, I never, I did own a Wii U, but it was like for like a week. Yeah, so I missed I that as it was, well. It was not my jam. So uh, I'm keen to give that a go, uh, and I'm really into like the Runner series. Mm, okay. So I'll play like Runner Three. Um, if that, I think it's expected to come out early this year, so it should be any time now. Yeah. But um, you've just bought a Switch, so are there any of these coming at you? Yeah. Um, no, <laughs> not really. Oh. I guess I've never played any of the. I'm, I'm kind of excited for the stuff I missed, I guess, because I didn't own a Wii U. Um, mm. and I know Tropical Freeze was supposed to be really great. So um, amazing. I'm, yeah, I'm keen to go back and try that. Um, but I've still like I'm still playing through Odyssey. Um, I never actually beat Zelda, or despite playing a whole heap of it. So I'd like to go back mm. and and polish that all off. Um, I, I did I mention Bayonetta that I've never I've not played any of the Bayonetta games either. So now that they're there, I'd like <laughs> to get involved in that. Um, but there's a bunch of like smaller kind of games that instead of picking them up on like the PlayStation or my PC or whatever, like I just maybe just rather have them on the Switch. Like I had such a great time playing Rhyme. Um, that was the first kind of game that I just kind of sat down because it was kind of kind of shortish and I could just kind of power through it to get a good feel for the Switch. Uh, and I did that yeah. and I really enjoyed that. And I know you guys have been raving about Celeste as well, and that's obviously available on Switch. So I thought, mm-hmm. oh, maybe I'll play that there. Um, so it's those kind of yeah. I'm not. I'm just kind of like riding the wave with nintendo like whatever they release and if it stands out to me i'll give it a shot like i've played splatoon events a few times and and kind of enjoyed that too so i thought maybe i'll pick up splatoon so you know whatever they're sort of willing to throw away i think i'll kind of give a a pretty decent shot um that being said i could not care less about nintendo labo i need to (laughs) i need to be convinced on that i think i think i might have spoken about this on the the mythical lost podcast but um, mm. 
I, I do think Labo is not really for us at all. No, um, it's for kids. And, yeah. And what I, I read a really cool article. I can't remember who wrote it, though, and I apologize to whoever I'm talking, whoever I stole this from, um, is that one thing I really like about this and the Switch is that, you know, you kind of, it's coming, it's weird, but you don't have to do it. Um, whereas with the, sure. with motion controls with Nintendo, you kind of almost had to embrace them or, or just not play Wii. Do you know what I mean? Whereas Fair I feel the way that Switch is happening is there are motion controls, but you don't have to use them. There is going to yeah. be cardboard like toys and shit, but you don't have to use them. Do you know what I mean? Like I feel like they've catered to all yeah. markets without alienating any markets, which I think is why it's been mm. so successful. Yeah. I yeah, do. on that on that point as well. Like, I've really enjoyed playing Mario uh, Mario Odyssey with the uh, motion controls. Um, yeah. A lot of the time, even if I'm like sat on the couch, I'll like just kind of slide the controllers off and sort of sit the screen on my lap and just sort of play with the motion controls because it's sort of designed to, a little bit better. I feel like designed to try and encourage you to use the motion controls so things it are a little bit easier is, with them. Yeah. Um, um, but I've really enjoyed that. I think Smash Bros mm. is the game that's really missing for me though. Um, yeah, it's the one that I kind of play. I used to play it a lot, even on Wii U, um, online with friends and stuff. When it decided to work, and uh-huh. I really hope, like we kind of mentioned it in the podcast, it never came out. But <laughs> that I hope Smash Bros. kind of becomes this platform that Nintendo keeps expanding on, rather than um, you know just putting out a port of the Wii U one or something. Um, yeah, like use yeah, that as that a base, but add heaps of shit to it. You know. Do you think that could be the, one of the games that they talk about in the direct, or do you think they might go a different direction? Uh, I feel like they're not going to talk about anything beyond e three beyond like up until June. I feel like they're going to not talk about anything that comes out after June until June. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, have they already confirmed a presence at e three? I don't. I don't. They'll they do. Have, they yeah. will. Like yeah, they've they've been bigger than ever. You know. Um, yeah, they, I mean they do like to do their. Own they do sort of have thing, their. Though. Yeah, they do do their own thing for sure. Um, yeah, I'm sure they will be. I just feel like Smash Bros is their big September game that launches with the online service. You know, it just yeah. makes sense. Mm. Like I that can't. Think, does it does make a lot of sense? I can't yeah. think of anything else on, that they have that could be tailored to online that hasn't already been released, like say Splatoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good point. Well, heaps of heaps of Switch games to uh, to look forward to, hopefully. Uh, and as a new Switch owner, and that makes me very, very excited. Uh, it also makes me very excited that Brody has uh, prepared What the Wiki this week, and uh-huh. I get to actually be a contestant for a change. Uh, if you don't yes. know, What the Wiki is a Starcast game show where the host reads part of a Wikipedia page for an unknown game, and you, the contestants, must guess the game. The host this week is Brody, uh, who has snatched an early lead himself atop the leaderboard with two points. Matt, just one point behind, uh, and the rest of us are set off the mark. So, James, you and I have to uh, have the opportunity here, one of us, to Either um, way, tie with Matt. One of you yeah. is getting on the board. That's exciting. Yeah. It is exciting. I like how the only I way suspect I... it's going to be you, James, because I, I very rarely play, and despite coming up with the game, <laughs> I'm hopeless at it, probably. <laughs> I just like how um, the only way I'm going to get on the board is if Brody isn't playing. <laughs> Brody is a, a pro at this, and Matt's pretty good, too. I love putting the two of them head-to-head. It's, uh, it's exciting when that happens. Uh, all right, Brody, take it away. Like, whenever you're ready, man. All right. Are the contestants ready? Yes. Uh, yes. Wonderful. Okay, the first game is an open-world first-person shooter from Ubisoft Montreal. This 2008 game featured a sprawling map that forced James. players to combat blindness and... Uh, James. Oh, shit. Oh, no. Far Cry 3? Go with your gut, child. Oh, was that 2008, James? Oh, uh, no. Okay. 
I was going to guess the same at that point. It forced players to combat blindness and other deadly effects of malaria. Oh. The game is a sequel set oh, in okay. Africa. Uh, I'm guess I'm going to guess. That's Far Cry yeah. 2. It is Far Cry 2. Whew. Well done, Ewan. The malaria gave it away. I remember the malaria so well. Yeah, okay. So, Ewan is on the board with one. Woohoo! If you get this one, Ewan, you will take the game and the point. Oh my gosh. My heart's racing. James, Guys, this is so intense. James, I can't believe I, I believe put you through this every week. One. Why, do we, why do I even bother? Go. <laughs> James, this next one's yours, pal. You got this. All right. This game is loose. Uh, loose. This game is loosely based on a comic book series of the same title and is unrelated to the story and setting of the previous games in the series. It follows a Native American space marine and is at its core a first-person shooter, though it does have a lot of stealth elements too. The protagonist crash lands on a planet that is home to all manner of dinosaurs, James? and he must find both. James. Turok. It is Turok. Oh. Nice. The 2008 reboot of Turok. I thought it was a reboot. Was... I haven't played the reboot, so I was like, shit, this sounds like Turok, but it doesn't. <laughs> and I guess that's what the whole yeah. premise of the reboot was. <laughs> Following Joseph Turok. As soon as he said dinosaurs, I was like, damn it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Oh, I'm so excited. We get to go to the third game. Oh, yeah. All right. The winner takes it all. My stomach. Okay. Now, this is very short, so oh, I've only okay. got two sentences, but I think you'll get it. Oh, Okay. Released in 2001 for the GameCube, Uh-oh. this action-adventure game managed to sell over 2.5 million copies and even did well enough to receive a sequel subtitled Dark Moon. James. This game... Uh. James. Oh, is it Luigi's Mansion? It is Luigi's oh. Mansion, James. <laughs> James is on the... I can hear you, like, breathing so heavily. <laughs> You're so scared. This should be in the Olympics. <laughs> As soon what as you, as soon as you said on the GameCube, I was like, ah, I'm not going to get this. Uh, I was no when idea. I said when I said GameCube and action adventure, I thought James might go for like Metroid or something. Yeah, I was going to, and then I thought about it, and then because it's not called Dark Moon here, and I was like, wait a second, and then I remembered what that was. So we're good. Yeah. <laughs> What's it called here then? It's just called Luigi's Mansion Two. Oh, okay. Really? Yeah, apparently, I did not Australians know that. don't like Dark Moons, so. Wiki- right. Wikipedia has cursed me yet again. Well, well done, James. You are off the mark. So you and Matt are now tied at one point, while Brody still hangs on to the lead at se- at, with two points. Um, I think we've got to get Brody to do more of these. You killed it, Brody, and it's nice for other people to get points. <laughs> that should maybe be the uh, the prize for whoever wins or what the wiki season. They get to host for the year. <laughs> oh, that is, that's not a bad idea, actually. I quite like that. I feel uh, like but with so that, accomplished right now. <laughs> It's a good feeling, isn't it? It is. Like, the anxiety... It's sort of worn off for me because I do it so often, but, you know, I'm happy for you, man. I'm happy for you. (laughs) With that, let's bring an end to what was episode 131 of the Sartcast. Subscribe to us on Podcast One, iTunes, or any other podcast service of your choice. Follow us at PressStartAU and visit the site, of course, at PressStart.com.au. You can join the conversation using hashtag TheStartCast. I've been your host, Ewan Roxborough. You can follow me on Twitter at Ewan underscore Roxborough. Joining us today and taking home the points was James. Uh, yeah, I'm just on Twitter, as always, um, at Jam, so A-T-J-A-M-Z. And brilliantly guiding us through uh, uh, what the wiki round was, Brody. Oh, yes, thank you. Uh, you can follow me on most socials at Brody underscore DG, and please, play Into the Breach. <laughs> I like that. I like that. We should all like kind of like sell a game at the end, just like yeah. play this game. I like I'll that. expect my paycheck in the mail any day. <laughs> yeah, not sponsored. Uh, thanks again for tuning in, guys. Until next time, happy gaming. Bye. See ya.